And the great thing about Jesus Christ is that he doesn't say to you and to me, clean up your life and then come to me. Jesus says, come to me with your mess and I will take it upon myself and I will give you a brand new life. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's the greatness of the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm. Now, I want to get into my main message today, and I'm titling it Fueled by Faith. Fueled by Faith. So go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 11. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Here is a text, a very important text that Paul shares. Apostle Paul, the one who wrote the letter to the Romans. So Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Here is what the text says. It's kind of on the screen, but you can listen along with me. So Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Here's what Paul says. Therefore... Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. If I was to ask you this following question, what do you think is one of the most amazing emotions that a human being can experience? What is something that you've experienced, maybe an emotion that you would put at the top of the list? You don't have to answer, think about it in your mind. Have you ever thought for a moment that one of the greatest emotions that a human being can experience is relief? Relief. Think about it for a second. Imagine the time when you're waiting for a very important phone call. This phone call was going to decide your fate, decide your life, decide the course of your life. And when you finally got that phone call and you finally got the news and the news were in your favor, you experienced relief. Think of the time that you were waiting for a phone call to get a particular job that you really wanted. And the recruiter or the manager or the supervisor finally called you and said, you got the job. What an incredible feeling of relief you experienced. What about getting a text message from a friend who you thought was not okay or something happened to them and they text you and they're like, hey, I'm okay, everything's good with me, right? 
What about an email that you've received, right? So relief is a very, very powerful emotion. And what Paul does in this particular text is he's saying, you have received peace with God. You're no longer an enemy with God because you believed in him and because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. Now, the first thing I want to mention when we talk about this particular text is I want us to look to this emotion called relief. Now, think about culture for a moment. When you go to a symphony, right, there's a particular buildup that happens in a symphony and then there's a resolve or a relief in that. That is ultimately what the crowd is waiting for, right? Think of when, if you're, if you're into <clears throat> electronic music and there's like, when the beat drops, you know what I'm talking about, right? Don't tell me where you heard the beat drop last night, but just let's pay attention to me for a second. That is a relief of some sort, right? And, and people wait for that, right? Think of a roller coaster. When is the most, fun, the most fun part of the roller coaster, right? When you're going down that humongous hill, right? That's the, the part where you're like, <gasps> right? And, and you're excited because it's, it's, it's resolving in something. Um, there's, think about one of the favorite movies that you've watched. Like when, when the movie reached, reaches its apex and it experiences a relief of some sort, we like that, right? Humans tend to gravitate towards relief. And what Paul is basically saying in this first verse, he's saying that we have peace with God. And the first thing I want us to do is look at the past. What has happened in the past? Think of the times that God has saved you, redeemed you, made you his own son or daughter. And I think that the more we comprehend a danger we were ever a part of, the more we experience the relief. If you've ever driven your car and you've narrowly missed getting into an accident, you experience relief. If you're somebody who's maybe less sanctified and you're speeding and you see a police officer and he has his gun out, his radar, and then you pass by him and he does not pursue you, that's a relief. We love experiencing that, right? Now, I want to show you guys something. Relief is a very, very strong human emotion. And I believe that we experience the depth of the relief when we understand what we have been rescued from. So I want to show you guys this video. So this is actually a real life video that happened. Maybe you've seen it on online. This is just a gentleman walking around and I want to show you what happens next. So check this out. Pay, pay very close attention. Do you think he's experiencing relief right now? This gentleman, yeah, he just walked away and we're going to repeat the video in slow motion. It's a, it's, a, it's a pane of glass that basically construction workers were, were using. And this guy narrowly misses death right now. It almost cut him in half. Look at how close that is. Now, put yourself in this guy's shoes or moccasins, whatever he's wearing, right? Um, the point is... When he's watching, and I'll show this to you again to drive home the point. When he's watching this video, imagine how he feels, how much he values life. Do you think for a moment he's complaining about life? 
I mean, this is this is a video that went viral on the internet. Look, he's just getting up like pretty much like, oh wow, a glass just didn't cut me in half. Sounds awesome. I'm gonna go have lunch now. Like that's that's how he feels. And it's funny how he will goes the other direction, right? Because because he thinks more glasses are gonna fall on him. So so friends, why why am I showing you this particular video? I want to it is. But don't you think for a second that he's experiencing relief the moment after that? Like even when he's watching the video, he's like, wow, I almost died. I almost got cut in half. Okay. I mean, he just finished his, you know, latte and then he narrowly escapes death. Imagine how happy he is. Imagine how excited he is. And the thing is, the reason he's going to value his life even more is because he's going to realize what he escaped from. So until you and I realize what we were saved from, we won't value what we were saved to. So Paul in this text is saying, listen to me, you have peace with God. You've escaped death. God's wrath is no longer upon you because you believed in Jesus. You no longer have to have an eternity in, uh, uh, without God. You have been saved. That's what Paul is trying to, that's the message that Paul is trying to say here. And he's basically saying, you're not under God's wrath. Now, when we think about God's wrath, everybody who has sinned is under the wrath of God. And the only way you and I escape it is when we believe in Jesus that he took upon himself our sin, our shame, our guilt. Jesus essentially took, takes this glass upon himself, dies on the cross, and gives you and me life. Amen? It's a good thing. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. And so we need to look at the past, first of all. We need to understand if we're Christians, if we're following Jesus, God has saved us through Jesus Christ. And I love what Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 41 through 43, here's what, here's what it says, and I'll read it for you. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Think about it this way, friends. When we are forgiven much, we value that much, Right? And the point is that you and I were supposed to be dead spiritually. We were supposed to be because of our sin. Yet Jesus Christ comes out and he saves us. He saves us from uh, death. He saves us to life. And if you look at Romans chapter 5, not only do we look at the past, we look at the present. And here's what God does to us. This is a guy narrowly escaping death. I mean, think about the relief he's experiencing after this when he got away. This must be somewhere in Russia, I guess. Um, he narrowly escaping, I think there's a camera or something. He's narrowly escaping death. And here's the point, friends. We're not going to value our Christian walk and we're not going to value what Jesus did for us unless we look to the past. Look what we've been rescued from. Now, not only have we been rescued from something, but we've been rescued to something. And the second thing I want to point out is we've gained access. If you look at verses 2 through 8, Paul says, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace into which we now stand. Now, access 
as what Paul is talking about here, is getting a permission to go into a place that we did not have um, ability to go to before. Think of it this way. If you've ever flown on an airplane, you basically get into your email a confirmation, right? And that confirmation says, you have paid for your ticket. Your spot is reserved on the plane. So when we buy plane tickets, it's not like it's wishful thinking. It's not like I go to Priceline.com, buy my plane ticket, pay for it, have the money come out of my bank account, and then I'm hoping, hoping, coming to John Wayne or LAX, I'm like hoping, I hope they have a seat for me. I hope they have a seat for me. I'm not hoping that. I know it's going to happen because I've purchased it. I've been granted access, right? If you remember a few or a few months ago, I shared with you guys a story about when I had a chance to see um, uh, one of my favorite Christian artists perform, Toby Mac, right? All my 90s kids, you know what I'm talking about. So here's, here's the thing though. When we went to see Toby Mac, we got tickets, okay, like physical paper tickets. I had them in my hands. So when we went to the concert venue, I had my tickets. I didn't go to the concert venue hoping that some scalper will be selling me tickets. I didn't try to go online to find tickets hoping that the day of the concert somebody's going to be selling them. No, I had definitive, stable assurance that I was going to see Toby Mac. And the reason for that, because I had the tickets. So when I came up to the box office and I gave them the tickets, there was no arguing. Nobody was asking me, are you sure these are the right tickets? Or, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to let you in. No, it was a simple access granted. And it was not a hope that I had that was based on wishful thinking, right? Think about the last time you had a conversation with a friend who's not a believer, okay? And you're saying to them, do you think you're going to heaven? Do you think that God will accept you? And most people will say, who are not believers, will say, I don't know, maybe, right? They'll say, maybe he will. And what's the next thing they begin to say? They're like, well, I have a lot of these good deeds that I've done. Hopefully, on the day when I come to the pearly gates and St. Peter is standing there with God, hopefully they're having a good day and hopefully they're going to grant me access. Friends, the great thing about you and me is that we have that access through Jesus Christ. He has given it to us. We've been granted that particular access. And when Paul is talking about the fact that we got this access, it's kind of like if you get invited to a concert or you go to like the VIP area or you get these tickets or you purchase the tickets or, or you're, you're trying to, let's say you're, you want to go see your boss and you're trying to get a promotion and you email them and they email you back and they're like, okay, at this time, come into my office and we're going to talk. You've been granted that access. And I want to tell you today that because you're following Jesus, you've been granted access through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, you might be wondering, cool, I've been granted access into what? Now, friends, here's the thing. When we get saved, when we begin to follow Jesus, that is not the end of our story. That's not the apex of our story. That's just the beginning of the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying in this text is that when you get access, you get into this area or this territory called grace. Now, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is basically a thing God gives you in spite of who you are. And we get access to it. 
because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, what Paul covers here is he says, you will experience tribulation. You will experience tribulation. And you and I experience issues, right? And problems and conflicts. And tribulation is basically being under pressure, being under the weight of something. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you think you would act if you knew already the outcome of that difficult situation that you're going through? You guys with me? How do you think you'd feel right now? Think of that difficult situation in your life. I don't know what it is, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial. You're going through something right now. There's something that's bearing the weight of it on you. And you're going through tribulation and you've walked into this territory of grace. You understand Jesus died for you. You understand what he did. You narrowly missed that that pane of glass and you have experienced eternal life. But you're going through something right now and you're under that pressure. Let me ask you a question. How would that situation change in your attitude towards it if you already knew the outcome? I don't know about you guys, but, and I'm not going to point any fingers right now, but I know there's some people who like to find out the outcome of something before everybody else does, okay? So there are people in this world, not sure I quite understand them. Here's what they do. So they'll go into a movie theater and they'll be watching a movie. And what they will do is they will open up the Wikipedia page and they will read through the entire Wikipedia page and they will find out what the ending of the movie is And if they're normal people, they're going to sit there and keep quiet. Sometimes they're less sanctified and they start telling everybody else how the movie ends and ruin it for everybody else, right? No, we're we're, we're people who are like that, right? Sometimes we like to know the outcome. And the worst part is when the person finds out the outcome, they're sitting there like cheesing. They're like, ha ha, yeah, you guys are over here worried about finding out who the killer is, but I know, right? We're people who like to know the outcome, right? So this happened a few months ago, and not about the movie example, something else. So I, we were at my, uh, at my father-in-law's house, and we're watching a, a tennis match. Now, if you know, with the proliferation of social media, it's a complete spoiler alert all the time. Because the East Coast sees things a lot earlier than we do, and they pretty much know the outcome. And so it was like six or seven people watching this tennis match. I forgot who it was. Uh, who, who it was uh, against, the, the tennis match. But it was a really, really epic tennis match. And I'm not into tennis. Um, I know it's hard for you to believe, but it's true, I'm not. And if you are, no problem. Um, I went on to Twitter, and I found out who won. I found out who won. And I'm like, hey, guys, I know who won. Everybody's like, no, don't tell us, don't tell us, don't tell us, don't tell us, right? And, you, and you've experienced this before if you're like into football or any, any of the other idolatrous sports that exist. <laughs> you can repent later. Um, so you know exactly the feeling. And what happened is everybody's asking me, everybody's saying, please don't tell us who won. Now, do you understand the level of confidence that I personally had at that moment? I was not worried about the outcome. I was not biting my nails, sitting there, wondering who was going to win. I already knew. I knew the outcome. 
while everybody else was worried and thinking, oh, she missed that shot, she missed this shot, whatever, I'm sitting there like thinking, man, guys, like literally I know the answer to everything you're saying and I know the outcome and I'm not worried and I'm just hanging out here, I'm not experiencing any stress. Now those are basic human illustrations and human emotions that all of you guys are experiencing. Now take it a step further. Imagine if the problem you're experiencing today, you're living through that as if you already know the outcome. Now, I want to tell you this morning that that is a possibility because you know the outcome. You look at the past. You've already experienced Jesus saving you. So you can go through it with stability, knowing the outcome. Now, what happens in tribulation? It is a pressure, and that pressure builds your character. All of us need a character formation, and actually, actually tribulations are often really good for us because it proves our character. So I want to challenge you this week. Whatever you're going through, think about it. Whatever that problem or issue or conflict, understand that Jesus has already won. The physical ailment you're going through, Jesus is going to give you strength to go through it. The financial ailment, the emotional one, whatever it is that you're going through, you need to understand that Jesus has already won. You already know the outcome, and that changes your attitude completely. It's a guaranteed victory, and it helps us with our character. This is why Paul, in this particular text, he writes that we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. And you know why you and I can come up, come to our problems or issues knowing that God has already solved, solved them? Because we have that ticket of salvation in our hand. God has granted us access. He's given it to us. It's a surefire thing. So we looked at the past of how we escaped death. We looked at the present, that we have access into this territory called grace. And I want to look at the future. So in verses 9 through 11, here's what Paul says. Paul says, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Now, friends, grace is the currency of heaven. Paul is saying we've been justified. Paul is saying there is nothing in us to deserve not being absolutely destroyed by God. Yet Jesus comes and saves us entirely from that. And there's a process that happens called the process of reconciliation. And I love the Paul, I love the fact that when Paul begins, he tries to create a little bit of a tension, right? He's saying, look, in the past, you've been rescued from death. And now he's saying, you've been granted access into the court of God. And he's saying that it's nothing in you that, that you did to, 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 be, to be granted that. And here's the important part to understand. Paul says, while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Okay? It means that there's nothing in me or in you good for God to save us, yet he still does. And here's the point of this text. Paul is basically saying, you weren't what you should be when you were saved by Jesus, and you aren't what you should be when you already are saved by Jesus. However, God continuously, emphatically, imperatively continues to save you. It means that none of us has graduated. We weren't what we needed to be when God saved us, 
And we're not where we should be even right now, yet God still continues to save us. That's the process, friends, of reconciliation. It's a holy God and a sinful human being coming together at one because of what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross. That is really, really good news. Now, Paul also mentions in this text a very peculiar thing. He says, you know what? Hardly anybody would give their life for a good person. So think about the cultural understanding of what a good person is, right? We think of like Mother Teresa, for example. And so maybe some of us who are more noble in character would say, you know what? If I had to die for Mother Teresa, most likely I would do it. Maybe some of us who are being honest would be like, nah, I want to keep my life and maybe I'll accomplish more, right? So the point is, scarcely any one of us would die for a righteous person and no one would die for a horrible person. How many of us would say right now, you know what, if I had a chance, I would die for, for Hitler. Like, that's pretty crazy thought. None of us would say that. Yet, friends, here's the reality. The same sinful heart that exists in a person that does not know Jesus is the same sinful heart that you and I had before Jesus saved us. We were in the same dire condition, and yet God still continues to save us. And so if we understand the grace of God and the fact that we have access to the territory of grace, how much more should we give it to other people? And there's a person, um, there's an illustration that um, a person was asked, um, how are you, a person was asking his friend, how are you doing? And he's like, you know what? I'm under a lot of pressure. I'm under a lot of stress. And his friend is like saying, well, what are you doing under there? Why are you under that pressure? Instead of us being under pressure or under stress, we need to be over it and above it. You guys with me? Yes, it's going to build our character. Yes, it's going to produce endurance. However, we don't need to be under it. And I believe that the secret of rejoicing is having the right focus. We need to focus on our Savior more than on our circumstances. Are you guys with me? We need to focus, we need to take away our focus from our pain to God's plan. God's plan is always bigger and better. And often I feel like we just kind of lose our focus. And so we shouldn't live under the circumstances. We should live over and above them. Now, when we talk about communion, when we talk about taking the bread and, and the juice, we're talking about the fact that Jesus saved us. He died for you and for me on the cross. And I would say that when we understand the presence of God in your life and in my life, we truly begin to value it. But friends, we're not going to value what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross until we understand what we have escaped from. We escape from eternal death. And this is not a wishful thinking that we have that when we die, we're going to see Jesus. And when we live, we can experience triumphant joy. It is a sure hope. And if we're going through tribulation, we're not under that pressure, we're over it because we know that Jesus has already won. We know that victory is of the Lord. We know that God has defeated death, defeated sin, defeated hell on the cross, and Jesus has been victorious, and Jesus gives us that particular victory when we believe in what he did, what he did on the cross. So when you and I are fueled by faith, 
we can go victoriously through any situation that we're going through because Jesus did. And the more we value of what we've been saved from, the more you and I are going to value what we've been saved to. And that is a life full of joy with Christ. You are listening to a message preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko at Forward Church in Irvine, California. For more information about Forward Church, please visit forward.fm.